Perfectionism is a devil that a lot of our students battle. We are here to dispel some myths about the work that we do, Smarties. While some of the learners that we work with are floundering as learners in the classroom, we also work with highly motivated learners who want to learn how to be more efficient, mindful, and intentional with their time. It is not uncommon for us to work with learners who are straight A students, and let us tell you, that presents another very interesting challenge. For those learners, our mantra has become MVP, or Minimum Viable Product. In today's episode, we're going to chat about what we mean by MVP, how we help our learners embrace imperfection, and therefore embrace their humanity and reach acceptance. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 89 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about MVP. Well, our version of MVP. <laughs> So this is a concept that I think we've stolen from businesses, right, Steph? I have no idea. I did a little research, and I believe this is a business concept. So businesses will have a new product, and they'll release it when it's at its minimum viability. Yeah. Let's say if it were an app, they don't want to spend time working on a functionality that no one is using. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, with Instagram stories, there weren't filters right away. It was just people. It was like Snapchat, right? It was just people on camera. And then they added filters. Then they added music. And they looked for what people were actually using that product for. Mm -hmm. But for our purposes, we kind of take that idea and turn it on its head a little bit. For us, minimum viable product. So this is not for everybody, but... There's sort of two ways that this comes up. There's the version of MVP where it's a student really struggling and it takes them forever to do just one assignment because they don't understand it or it's too hard or whatnot. There's also the version of the highly gifted student or the student that does really well academically that is a perfectionist and won't stop until it's perfect in their mind. So that's why I wanted to distinguish between that you could go two ways with this. Imagine a bell curve in your mind and either end of the bell curve, there's an appropriate moment. So for that student who struggles, we just want them to produce something, right? Exactly. Produce the minimum viable something. And then for students who are perfectionistic and on the, on the right side of the bell curve and overly focused on being perfect and completing the assignment to the 1000th degree, we need to pull them back a little bit. So almost it's the idea of like pulling the left side of the bell curve more in and the right side of the bell curve more in. So they're more in the average range, if I could give a visual. On one side, in my practice, and I'm sure in your practice, sometimes I get elementary school students who are doing several hours of homework a night. Mm -hmm. And developmentally, that's not appropriate. And so this is one of those things where we might say, okay, let's pick five problems if it's math homework, or let's do odds or evens or something like that. Or we're going to work for 25 minutes. And then once that buzzer goes off, we're done. Yeah, exactly. So you want them to get the concept. 
But what is developmentally appropriate? It's not developmentally appropriate for a second, third grader to be doing homework for over an hour. Mm -mm. They should be doing 20 minutes. So as we've talked about, you got to partner with your teacher. Intervene if that's what's happening. Exactly. And they don't necessarily know. And so we don't want you to think that's the norm either. That's not something that your smaller elementary school student should be doing. Anybody in elementary school should not be doing that much work. So that's one thing. The flip side. The flip side. The Student Success Stories series, if you're new here, are clients who are parents of clients from our practices who have had an evolution as a result of the educational therapy and their partnership with our teams. And that's a really interesting episode. Not that there is enough awareness in the world to have stereotypes about ed therapy, but if there were a stereotype, it would be that totally. we only work with learners who are on that left side of the bell curve. Mm-hmm. But we get the call at the same time from the parents who are concerned about the amount of time that their students are studying. They're getting straight A's, but the parents are concerned that they're inefficient and that they're not getting enough time to be a kid because they're so focused on doing school perfectly. Mm -hmm. And Nikki was an example of that. But this is an interesting phenomenon that at least we're seeing in Los Angeles, and I'm sure people are seeing all over, Mm -hmm. which is the pressure that these students are putting on themselves. And so it is very interesting when we talk to students who are on that side of things, and we talk to them about minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. Because if we do not present it correctly, what we are presenting is the idea that they shouldn't be trying as hard. And that's how we can get misinterpreted. And that is not what we're saying. Not at all. What we're saying is just like if we were an app developing a new feature, we wouldn't go a thousand percent down the road of a new feature without testing it. Yeah. And so we need to test the things that they're doing in order to properly assess whether it's meaningful for their time to be spent that way or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of students in this realm who need the focus on minimum viable product are the kind of researcher kids <laughs> who will do days and days and days and days of research prior to writing a paper. Now they're overwhelmed by the amount of data that they've collected and they don't know where to begin. And then they have one day to write it. Exactly. And the parents are like, they've been working on this for eight. Well, they haven't produced anything. Yeah. So getting them to move from the stage of research into production can be really, really challenging. But when you present this idea and you explain to them, this is how the big guys are doing it, (laughs) and guaranteed, the grades will not be impacted. Yeah. If they reverse their system or reverse their approach, these are kids who are high achieving. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to tweak. I think the bigger picture is understanding where you should put your mental energy right? There's going to be some tests, there's some papers, there's some things and in general in life where you need to put more time and energy into other things. Right. If you're giving 100% or 110%, 100% of the time, you're going to burn out. I wish that this podcast existed for my past self. Yeah. Because I was absolutely a student on this side of the bell curve. I would have circled with this. So when my kids who look at me like I'm nuts for suggesting that they work at 90% instead of 110%. Mm-hmm. Because what do we tell our kids? Do your best. Yeah. Do your best. That's all we care about. Do your best. Well, now they've identified their best with giving so much effort. And sometimes effort that is not required. Yeah. 
at all. And then you would still be a high achieving student in the classroom. Yeah, we'll give you an example. Like, go back to Nikki when she was writing notes for mm-hmm. some of her classes, some AP classes and whatnot. She was writing out in perfect handwriting, pages and pages, color coded, all kinds of systems and things that was taking her hours. Slowly but surely, we started lifting, let's try to not do that part this next time and see how it goes. Like I didn't say, let's just stop doing it all together. Right. It was, how about we just choose one color next time? Because even switching pens and having the mental energy to remember what's what for a situation that she was in was not necessary. Mm -hmm. So we started lifting the layers off. She started doing less And she was still getting really good grades. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're talking about here, about figuring out what specific thing that your learner is doing or you're doing to make it so that you're much more efficient. I'll give an example from my practice. We haven't had her on the podcast, but maybe one day when I'm thinking about that researcher student who will spend weeks doing research and then have no time left to write the paper. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a really difficult transition for her to make from researching to action. Mm -hmm. And what we have found is that her stepping stone has to be her session with me. I only see her once a week. So you better get in all that research you want before you see me on that Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Because that Tuesday, guess what's happening in session? We're not spending any more time researching or organizing your data. You will produce. Mm -hmm. Because once she produces something, she's able to transition at home. But if I ask her to make that transition at home on her own, not there yet. Yeah. We'll get her there. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. And this idea of minimum viable product, what you have to understand is we're telling this, in this case, to really, really motivated learners. So we're not scaling them back to 40%. You know, we talked about the 5% challenge. (laughs) 5% down. (laughs) Yeah. So the 5% challenge that we offer up is for kids who really struggle when things are difficult and they kind of just give up. We offer them this 5% challenge, which is just do 5% more than you would have. So if you weren't sitting here, so if you're writing a paragraph, give us two more sentences, Mm -hmm. expand one more thought than you want to. And like, just deal with that kind of uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. Same on this. (laughs) Give me 5% less. That's a great way to describe that research. (laughs) Yep. 5% less of things. And that's really hard to do for a lot of kids. It's hard because what they have to be comfortable with are two different things. The first is they have to be comfortable with not giving a thousand percent, which is their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And the second part is that they have to be comfortable, not saying that they will be, they have to be comfortable with imperfection. Mm -hmm. So how do we embrace imperfection? We give them permission. We give them permission. We model it. For sure. Like when we have a calendar mistake or sometimes I'll do a math problem and I'll get it completely wrong and a kid will look at me like, really? And then I'll go, whoa, Uh I don't even know what I was thinking right there. It's important to reflect in those moments with your client when you screw up. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're modeling how to do that. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I have some clients where I ask them what percentage their brain is at that day. Mm -hmm. And so we need to work at that level. Sometimes it's at 80% and sometimes it's at 60%. I love that strategy. You've talked about it before, but I've never implemented it. I'm going to do that this week. Especially if you have a kid that's working on math and working on percentages. (laughs) 
it also makes sense. So I have one kid in particular that I do this with every single session and she'll tell me what it is at the beginning. And if it's on the lower end, I'll play a game with her. Then I will say to her after the game is done, what is your brain at now? And most of the time it's much higher. Sometimes it's not. So here's my question on that. Mm -hmm. And just because I was thinking as you were talking about this and reminding me that you do this, I was thinking about a student who would be perfect for who I'm seeing later today, but she always wants to play a game. So if we were to start doing this strategy and she realized that when she gave me a lower percentage, that would mean she got an opportunity to reset. And it isn't. It's just she comes in. She doesn't even say hello. She's like, can we play a game today? Yeah. So what I think I've sort of modeled in that is that, yes, I always play a game with her at least one in session. Most of the time it's at the beginning because she needs it. But we work on math. Mm -hmm. That is why she's coming to me. So if her brain is lower, I'll let her choose whatever game she wants. Mm -hmm. If her brain is at a higher functioning capacity, I'll say, let's choose a math game. Got it. So she doesn't know that what she's telling me affects any sort of decision. Outcome. Yeah. Got it. She always does better if we do the game first and then we end with math. Mm-hmm. It works every time. So we want to embrace the imperfection. We want to build awareness in our kids about their own brain capacity on every particular day. Mm-hmm. Do you ever share your brain capacity? I may not do it with the percentage, but I'm like, today is a struggle. And I let them know. Yeah, I'll say I'm having a day. Oh, yeah. And the kids know what that means. I'll just be like, today, I'm really having a day, so you've got to bear with me. When you let your kids know that, suddenly it's like such an easy session. Yeah. (laughs) They're with you, and they're like, we get it. It happens to us, too. They're so empathetic about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell certain kids that could be really challenging, and I'll just let them know, it's been a really hard day. I'm really excited to see you. And I'm really hoping this, this, and this will happen. Mm -hmm. It's usually the things that don't happen. Like (laughs) I'm thinking of a client who I do some virtual sessions with and I let him know that I'm really hoping you let me explain first before you ramble. And he really has responded to the, I do, we do, you do, because we're doing math. Mm -hmm. So he likes to skip from I do to you do. And go from zero to like the hardest problem because that's the problem he's fixated on. So particularly Mm -hmm. with him when I'm like, this is my expectation and this is where I'm at right now, he falls in line, guys. Makes it easier. (laughs) Makes a difference. So if you're a parent and you're having that moment, tell your kids, number one. And number two, have your kids check in with themselves And talk about what it's like, you know, having a full day of school, especially if it was a really rough day of school, no matter what type of learner they are, which side of the bell curve they're on, knowing what you need in order to achieve what you want to achieve or what goals you set out to do for that particular day or that homework session or whatever, it's important. I was going to add that we talked about the impact that us modeling imperfection has. It's really important that parents model their own imperfections as well in the home because mm-hmm. we're powerful, but they're the most powerful. And by the way, if you're a classroom teacher, same thing. Yeah. So giving students permission to produce the minimum viable product has a direct impact on fostering their love of learning mm-hmm. because we've taken a huge burden off of them Yeah, and we're allowing them and giving them permission to be the kid that they are. Yeah. 
I always tell students that when teachers are assessing their students and giving a test, they are not looking for 100% accuracy. They're looking to see, does the majority of the class understand this material to 80%? Mm-hmm. Because if students understand at 80%, they can move on to the next thing. It's mastery. It's not perfection. Right. There you go. So Smarties, we hope this resonated with you because whether you or your learner, whatever end of the bell curve they might be on, we hope this gives you something. Now remember, don't do everything all at once. You're not going to get your learner to go from 110% to 85%. So if you are interested in coming on for an on-air coaching call, we'd love to have you. If that means helping you help your learner find what the minimum viable product is for them, we'd love to help you. This is sort of an expertise of ours. And we love making kids feel happy and heard and giving them permission. We're taking applications. You can email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you in the Facebook group. If you haven't joined, please join Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast. Link is in the show notes, guys. Have a great week. Have a great week.